All right, what is up, everyone? We are here with episode two of Bag Talk. I'm your host, Rohit Bagathula. I am here today with my man, Javier Salinas. Um, we met because he's a strength coach at the, the gym that I go to, and I love the way he does programming. Um, so I've kind of stuck with whatever he, he prescribes me, and then he's just a super cool guy. We end up talking about stuff all the time. We're pretty similar. So it's good to just go into the gym and have someone that, that you can riff with and um, you can get a good workout in at the same time. Before we get started, Javier, I want to acknowledge you for uh, always wanting to expand your knowledge. Whatever it is, you're always looking for a way to, to learn more to make sure that you're doing the right thing for yourself and for those around you, whether that be new exercises. You've been posting some crazy stuff on Instagram lately. Mm-hmm. Um, I look kind of weird, but I mean, you're trying new things and, and, and you're willing to give things a shot. Um, and whether that be spiritual knowledge, whatever it might be, you're always looking to push yourself and to really uh, follow your dreams. So welcome to the show. Thanks, man. Those are uh, those are some big words. Hopefully, I can uh, feel those. <laughs> but I appreciate that. Likewise for you as well. Thank you, man. Um, of course. So, so like I just said, you're your strength coach at a gym that I go to, um, but you didn't start off that way. Nope. So you started off kind of in corporate America, working, I guess, quote unquote, a regular person job, and then the job you do now is a lot more hands on. So, how about we start off by you telling everyone about your your journey through that what you started off as and how you got to where you are right now. All right. Um, yeah. So I graduated from Merrimack college in 2011. I got a business degree there. Uh, initially, I guess I should kind of do a prelude before that, but initially before, even while I was going to college, uh, my whole life, I just wanted to play soccer. I wanted to, try to play soccer at the highest level that I could, even if it was semi-pro in the U.S., even if it was pro in uh, Central America, South America, or whatever. I just wanted to try to play soccer at like the best of my abilities. Um, unfortunately, I ended up uh, getting two ACL injuries uh, back. So I was pretty much out of soccer for about a full year. Um, year and a half, I should say, actually. And uh, I was completely lost with who I was, my identity, what I was going to do, where I was going to go. Um, after that, I just focused on my education, really. I was luckily enrolled, obviously, at Merrimack College uh, at the time, um, focused on getting my business degree, graduated from that, and I got my first job working at a company in Andover, Massachusetts, uh, doing like inside sales. And when I was there, uh, I was, I mean, just like any college kid, uh, I remember graduating from college and the first thing I wanted to do, my number one goal was, all right, if I can't be this like professional soccer player or whatever, I want to try to make as much money as I can. I feel like every recent or every college grad or everyone in college, like when you're going to college, that's what you think of, like, especially your junior year, your senior year, thinking about how much money you want to make and all that. So I graduated and I was just like, and my goal was I want to make a hundred thousand dollars. I want to make a hundred grand as fast as I can. Um, and one of my, uh, one of the kids that I actually went to high school with, um, I was working out at a gym in my home t- hometown and I told him that I got a job at this company, which was actually at the time in Danvers. And then he told me that he has been working for the competitor. So he pretty much was just like, Reje- uh, uh, refuse the offer. Um, you're coming tomorrow to work. Uh, I'm gonna meet you with my boss. And you're going to work for us instead. So <laughs> I went through the interview process for this one company, got a job there. 
accepted the offer, ran into my friend at the gym, and then boom, next day I went into the other company and uh, they pretty much just pulled me into uh, into their office. And uh, it was very much like, uh, I don't know if you've seen the movie Boiler Room or Wolf of Wall Street. Wolf of Wall Street for sure. Oh, dude, yeah. Well, that was my like 100% my experience there. Um, and I remember during the interview, my boss, he literally took his watch off. He took his car keys out. He took his wallet and like threw it all on the table for me to look at. And he was just like, if you don't want to get rich, then this is not the company for you. <laughs> and of course, I'm like this freaking college kid got like a full heart on at the time thinking about how much money I could make. And then, uh, and yeah, so I kind of went with that. Um, just so to make a long story short, sorry, go ahead. Going backwards a little bit. Why did you decide to, to study business? Was it just cause you wanted to get rich? Like you knew that at a younger age or was it just what was convenient at the time? Or I feel like a little, a little bit of both. I mean, I, 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 I've always been, uh, uh, I always knew that I wanted to work for myself. I always knew that I, that I, I like working and doing something myself. Um, it, I, I don't know where that came from, but I just being at a young age, I always knew that honestly, I work harder when I'm relying on myself. I hate being told what to do. Uh, I hate having a boss like telling me what to do or, or micromanaging and all that kind of stuff. When, when it's just up to me, then I just feel super motivated. So that's why I knew I wanted to go for, for business just cause I wanted to get into the business world. I wanted to get into, um, like entrepreneurship and all that kind of stuff. Obviously. Uh, yeah. That was, that was my main goal for the business aspect. Awesome. So now you're at this company, it's a Wolf of Wall Street style, you know, you're yep. going to make a Where does yep. it go from there? So, uh, it literally turns into Wolf of Wall Street style. I remember being like at my desk at like 9am, 10am boss would, uh, like all the new hires, my boss would, um, line up shots <laughs> and we all had to take these shots now at 10am, 9am, whatever it was. Um, and I mean, I, looking back, I, I obviously, I mean, we didn't have an HR clearly. Uh, but it just made you so smooth on the phone. Um, and that's what they were doing. Like everyone there was making so much money. Everyone there was making so much money. The, the, my friends who, um, kind of pulled me to that company, he was already making a hundred grand at the time. So I was just super, uh, excited about doing that. But I jumped in there. I started making a lot of money. Um, I was making more money than all my friends. I was only working for less than a year at the time. Uh, and I was just solely focused on like my paychecks. Um, and every day it just became go to work, drink at work, <laughs> at lunch, lunchtime, go to the gym across the street, like everyone. Cause they, they, they only hired, um, college athletes. So this right after you graduated, right? Right after I graduated, six months after I graduated. That's crazy. Um, and then, so yeah, it was just, just like uh, all these like ex college athletes working in the same place, a lot of testosterone, every, a lot of competition, um, which I was used to. And I liked, cause I mean, I came from a sport background, so I was like, shit, I, I, I like, I like this competition. So it, it definitely motivated me. Um, but then after about a year or two, I just really started to notice kind of like what, what money does to people. Uh, I started to notice the type of person that my colleagues were, the type of people that my boss was, or the, the type of person that my boss was. Um, and the one thing they all had in common was that they were super rich. And I was like, yes, I want to, I, I want that. 
I'm also a big believer in that the sense that, that you are who you hang out with. You, you are like the, I forget what the saying is. You are the like accumulation of the five people you hang out with the most. Or, yeah, yeah. And then, so I was just like, okay, if that's the case, then I started to really pay attention to who I was hanging around with. Or, or I mean, obviously I was, I was working all the time. So I was around my colleagues for the most part, um, the majority of, I guess my life at that time. And they all were super rich. And I was like, hell yeah, I'm going to get super rich. But unfortunately, I started noticing that they were all miserable. Um, cheating on their wives, hating their life and all this stuff. And just being, I don't know, they were just super, I don't want to give a bad rep to, uh, to, to salesmen, but they were the, the, um, the I, um, what, what, do you, what do you call it? The, the uh, stereotypical. Stereotypical. Yeah, salesman, just sleazy, um, self-centered, and will do anything for money. And yeah, I've noticed that. And that's when my eyes really started to open. And I was just like, shit, no, I do not want to be this way. I do not want to turn into this, even though it would mean that I would uh, be, quote unquote, successful. That's what I, I thought successful was measured in, uh, in, in the amount of dollars you have and, and whatever. So once I came to that realization, I was just like, hell no, I need to get as far away from this as I can. Um, and I need to do something else. And that led me to, didn't exactly lead me to the path that I'm on now. It probably took me three years, maybe another four years to get here. Um, but at least it, it pushed me onto that path. So that was my experience working in a corporate world. Um, it was fun at the time. I mean, I was just, <laughs> I was just out of college. Um, but it's just, it wasn't sustainable. And I knew that's not the type of person I wanted to be. And I knew that just, this is not, that's not what I wanted my future to look like. That's a really good story. Um, I think it's awesome that you kind of had already achieved at a very young age, all the things that you wanted. That's a crazy lifestyle to have, especially as a young kid. I can't even imagine going into work and just ripping shots. Dude, <laughs> it's, I mean, <laughs> it's, yeah, there was no, there was no HR. There was only like 50 people in the, uh, in the company. So coming out of college, I mean, like it, it was, it was so ideal. It was, uh, it was, I couldn't believe it. I was like, this is what work is like. This is what, um, what, what happens. And then, uh, and then what kind of also kicked me to, uh, to really leave the company was we ended up, uh, growing. We were growing really fast because everyone there was just making a ton of money. So we ended up opening like an office in Arizona. They wanted me to run that office in Arizona. Um, eventually I decided not to, cause I knew that that would, that would just kind of further put me into that hole, but they hired HR and then, and then it actually became like a real legit company. Well, I mean, they were always legit, but it was, they, we couldn't do the stuff we were doing before. <laughs> so, so how do you go from there to being a strength coach? What is it about being a strength coach that drew you towards it? I mean, I know you said you have a background in sports, but college soccer, all the stuff, was that your first choice? Did you have to think hard about that decision? Um, or was it just something that happened naturally? Um, honestly, a little bit of everything you just said. <laughs> I had to think long about it. Um, it also kind of happened naturally. Uh, and I also, I mean, but it didn't, it didn't necessarily come easy. It wasn't like the first thing that popped to my, my mind. Honestly, that was the last thing that popped to my mind. I, I knew that um, I loved working out. And just like I mentioned earlier, I came from a sports background. I'm so used to being 
on my feet all the time, sweating, doing something physical. Like I just, I just love doing that. I love being part of a team. I love physical exertion um, and all that. So when I realized that I, I was afraid of turning my hobby into my job because then everyone, everyone or at least at that time, I heard like, you don't want to turn your hobby into your job because then it's not going to be fun for you anymore. So I was looking for elsewhere. Um, I was looking for something else. So when I left that company, I actually thought that I just needed maybe to just go to a different company. Because um, that company I was with, uh, I was, it was me and like maybe three or four other guys. We were the youngest guys there by probably like 20 years. So I was like, you know what? Maybe let me just change things up and let me just go to another, uh, another company. Um, and with, 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 uh, with, with a younger crowd and maybe I'll like that. And so I, I ended up getting this other, uh, other sales job um, in Waltham. And then I was there for about six months and I knew right away after the first two months, I was like, shit, I made the wrong choice. It, it, I, I thought that switching the companies would, would have done it for me, but I, it didn't. And then um, I just, honestly, that was like the weird time of my life where I, I again, I, I went through this whole like identity thing where I was like, damn, it, I don't know what I'm going to do. Like, I'm not happy. Like, uh, with the career that I'm on right now. And I can't live that way. I don't want to be miserable. I, I, I don't want to be successful or I don't want to be rich and miserable. Um, and then it wasn't until my mom was just like, why don't you, uh, why don't you become a trainer? You're always working out. Like you're always going to the gym. No one drags you to go to the gym. No one, um, no one, uh, no one does that. Like there's people who look for that though. Like, like why don't you become a trainer and you be the person to help people in the gym. And at first I shut her down. I was like, ah, no, I don't want to do that. I don't want to turn my hobby into, um, into my job. Like the gym is where I go to get away. Like I don't want to start working there all the time because then I'm, I'm never, then I'll, then I won't have an outlet anymore or whatever. Um, so then, but she put the bug in my ear. And then, so after that, I mean, I just continued going to the gym and then I just started kind of paying attention to who the trainers were around me. And I just started to notice that, uh, all these guys who, I mean, I just saw all the clients they had and I was just like, damn, I mean, not for nothing, but I just felt like I could do a better job. I was just like, I, I mean, if you, if you're a trainer, you kind of have to, I mean, you don't have to be, but you, you should at least kind of look the part a little bit. Um, and I just saw all these dudes that just were like the opposite of that. And I was just like, holy shit. And I was just like, if I, I bet if I ended up getting a job here and became a personal trainer, I would probably be the number one trainer here. And then I just started thinking that over and over and over and over. And, um, and then eventually that kind of sank in. And then what, uh, what really, really kind of pushed pushed me over the edge on, on making that leap was, I forget where I heard this. It must've been a podcast or I must've been talking to somebody. Um, but they, they mentioned to me that imagine like you win the lottery. Imagine you win whatever, uh, like a hundred grand for life or whatever it is, 200 grand for, for life. And now you don't have to work anymore. And then they told me, what would you do if you won the lottery and you never had to worry about money anymore? Like struck, like what would you do when you wake up and then what, like to uh, all the way to go uh, all the way to um, the time you go to bed, like structure your day, what would you do? And I thought about it and I was just like, oh, hell yeah. I probably like wake up early. I get my first workout in boom, boom, boom. I do this and I do that. And then in the afternoon I'd get my second workout in. And then cause I was just thinking I had like all the time now to do whatever I wanted. And at that time, um, I just loved working out. And then I just noticed, I was like, shit, maybe I should try this. Maybe I should just kind of take this leap of faith or whatever you want to call it. And, uh, 
and then that's where I started for me. <laughs> that's crazy. Um, so it seems like a lot of things led to that. One thing I want to touch on that I think can lead to success in, in any field is that mentality you had of, if I go do this, I will be the best here. I think that's something we connect on. I kind of have that mentality too, almost to a fault. And it could be wrong in some ways. It's entirely possible that I'll go somewhere and just be a dud, but be too cocky to not realize it. But I think that being a little over cocky in that way or, or just confident, whatever it is, can lead to success in anything, right? You applied it to sales. You were the best person there. They wanted you to run a branch in Arizona. Now you're moving on to strength training and being a trainer. And that same mentality, I think, is probably a big part of what has allowed you to succeed in, in what you've done in your life. I mean, even playing college soccer, most people don't play a sport past high school. Um, and I think that's something that will allow you to succeed in the future. So I think that insane level of confidence is kind of frowned upon in the society we live in. Um, maybe rightfully so. But I do think that if you have that kind of insane self-belief, it'll lead you really far. So before going on, I just wanted to, to touch on that and say that that's incredible. And I think that whatever you do, after this, you'll end up being successful in because of that. Um, so now you're becoming a strength trainer. You're, you're doing what you, you love for a living. What are some of the biggest lessons that you've learned from it? I mean, you work with a variety of people. You work with kids as young as middle school. Uh, you work with old ladies. You work with the everyday person. You work with, yep. with some pretty insane athletes, MMA athletes. What are the lessons that you've learned from these people outside of just fitness, but more so in life? Um, it's funny because being a personal trainer is almost to me seems like being a, a therapist. There's something about being a personal trainer or a strength coach that people just all of a sudden feel like they could tell you <laughs> everything uh, about their life. Um, so yeah, I've, I've definitely learned uh, quite a bit uh, about just people in general. Um, one of my favorite, favorite, favorite questions to ask people that are older than me, um, the clients that I have, because like you said, I, I work with like, moms and dads. I work with like older ladies. I got a client right now who's like in her eighties or something. And, uh, one of my favorite question to ask people when I first meet them, um, is what, so I'm 31 right now. So I would ask them, what's something that you would tell your 31 year old self? Um, and basically if I had to sum it up, honestly, every, uh, the majority of them are always, uh, always tell me, just do what makes you happy. And I, I mean, I, I, there's a bunch of other things that I've learned as well, but that's the one that kind of stuck to me. And uh, it just made me really appreciative of the path that I'm on now, because I just feel like it's far too common that people just settle. People just become complacent. People um, are sometimes afraid of change. And when I tell them kind of where my background and my story and all that kind of stuff, they, they always kind of, that's, that's like one of their biggest messages to me. Um, so I would say that would be my answer for that is to one of the biggest things I've ever, I've, I've learned so far from, from training those people or from all, all the people I work with is just to do what makes you happy. Um, yeah. It sounds pretty cliche, but especially in the world we're moving into, I feel like that is more true than it ever has been. We all have to provide for ourselves and our families. There's no doubt about that. But I feel like the, the past generation didn't get as much choice in what they wanted to do in order to provide for themselves and their families. We have the internet. We have social media. We have virtual reality. 
uh, we have all this crazy stuff that is going to allow us to do that more than ever. Uh, I mean, you're seeing entrepreneurs who are millionaires by the age of 20, just doing what they want. They start when they're 16 and, and they get rich super quickly. Or um, you see people who are, who maybe were doctors right now. They're thinking, Oh, you know what? I want to make, I want to make uh, bracelets and sell them on Etsy and they're doing what they love. Um, I think that's something that we can do a lot more in this society than we used to be able to do. I was talking to a very good friend of mine last week and she was saying that she's never looked at how much whatever job she wants makes. And she's looked at a variety of things, being a teacher, an artist, all sorts of stuff, but all things that she enjoys and things that she knows she can make an impact in rather than how much money she's going to make. And I think that's incredible. Right. And I'm not in any position to give that advice to anyone, but I, you know, I'm going to be graduating in the fall. And that's something that I'm thinking about for sure is where can I make an impact? Where can I do something that I enjoy? I mean, you spend 75% of your life working. Why do I want to do something that's going to make me miserable? Hell yeah, man. It's awesome that you're able to get that, that advice. Um, Yeah. Go ahead. I no, I, I wholeheartedly agree with, with what you just said. It's, uh, and just coming from my, my experience, um, yeah, I just, uh, if you think about it, um, I mean, the, the, now, nowadays you're right. Everyone kind of looks like success or kind of measures success with, with that dollar amount. Like how much does this job make? How much does this job make? Um, but for me in my experience, I got to that point. I got a job that makes a lot of money, but the thing is, I just, it is not sustainable. Like uh, I, the only thing that was making me happy was making a lot of money. And then once I started making a lot of money, then it was, then there was nothing else keeping me there. I was just like, all right, well, this is kind of boring though. And then, so honestly, yeah, it's like, it's, it's when you find something that you're passionate about, when you find something that you can pour yourself into, people can notice that and people see that. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, and that all, that all stems from doing something that you love, even if that is selling bracelets on, on, on Etsy. Um, as long as you're passionate about it, it doesn't feel like work to you anymore. You, you don't mind staying up late. You don't mind, um, all the long hours. Like yesterday I was working until like 10 a or 10 PM. It was a super long day for me yesterday. Um, but again, I was doing programming. I was doing podcast stuff, all the stuff that I enjoyed doing. If I was, if I was making like sales calls and, 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 and on my, on my previous job, um, all the way up until 10 AM, I'd be fucking pissed <laughs> so it, uh, it makes a difference when you're doing something that you actually enjoy doing because then it actually doesn't feel like work so i'm assuming that advice is mostly from your older clients um i know that at the gym there's there's classes and stuff for younger kids as well all the way down to middle school i believe and that's a completely different crowd what have you learned from that group i mean we hear all the oh, time yeah. like never let the the little kid inside you leave you know yeah stuff like that. And especially seeing them in a situation where they're, they're strength training and they're doing stuff that they probably haven't done before. They're starting at a pretty young age. What do you see from those, from those clients? So though, uh, that's a good question from the younger kids, honestly, that's where, um, one thing I admire from, from the younger groups uh, that, I, that I train is like the, the amount of creativity, uh, they have, like their minds are just so free. Like they just, yeah. And it's, it's, it's literally like inspiring. So I'm, I'm actually really fortunate to be on both ends of the spectrum where I get to talk to people who are already successful, who are already doing it. Um, 
and learn from their experiences. And then, but what I'm noticing is that just having conversations with uh, the younger crowd, the younger kids, um, they just do things differently. And honestly, that that's sometimes the best way to learn is to open your mind to new things. And and so honestly, I get a lot of like my creative ideas from the younger crowd, the younger groups that I'm that I'm talking to. Um, but yeah, just like you said, honestly, it just did. Uh, I do feel lucky that I because it, it's two different conversations that I'm having, um, whether I'm talking to someone who's um, a manager or something of some company and then I'm talking to like a middle school group kid so it's like I get to just practice both sides of of, of my brain um which yeah I guess I'm kind of fortunate about is that uh yeah <laughs> so one of the things that that kind of led us to connect pretty early on um, since I've been coming to the gym is we're both pretty spiritual we talk a lot about meditation we talk a lot about uh, how breathing can make an impact in your life, sometimes some crazier stuff. Um, one thing I want to talk about is the law of attraction. Most people have heard about it in some form, whether it be see it in your head before you make it real or whatever it might be. It's something that I definitely believe in. It's something that's led you to some success and um, you have some pretty crazy stories about it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I don't know if you want to tell a few stories or whatever it might be, whatever you think people could benefit from. I think it's real. Um, I don't know what's coming in my life next over the next 10 years, 20 years, whatever it is, but I know that whatever it will be um, is going to be for the best. All right. I've been looking at like mansions and yachts and all this stuff. Obviously I'm a young college kid that wants to get rich. Um, I have an idea of what I want. And, and I feel it in my heart, whether it's that or whether it's the type of lifestyle I want to live, I already know that I'm going to have it. And I think that can take you a long way. So if you want to talk about that, tell some stories, that'd be awesome. Yeah. So the first thing I'll say is that you just said that you don't know what's going to come into your life next. Um, just from my experience, I'm willing to say whatever your whatever's in your head, um, whatever's in your subconscious, that's what's going to come into your life next, whether it's negative, whether it's positive or, or whatever. Um, kind of like you said, I, um, also kind of on that spiritual spectrum as well. I, I like to kind of get into weird off topics and whatnot. And I 100% believe in a law of attraction, uh, where, where that stemmed from is I read this book, uh, in 2015 that kind of changed my life and the way I think, and it was called think and grow rich by Napoleon Hill. And to this, to this day, it's, uh, it's been like my number one book uh, that I would recommend anyone read. Um, and that teaches you how literally to change the way that you think. Um, and the way I view the law of attraction is um, you're just constantly kind of sending these, uh, these thoughts out into the universe. And uh, what's the saying? Like attracts like or whatever. The things that you think about are, are the things that you're going to attract into your into your life, um, and I've there's a, there's a few other books that that I've read uh, on that on that topic, but I just 100% believe in the law of attraction, and I've done it. I want to say myself, um, I want to attribute everything that I've accomplished today to the law of attraction, and I say that because uh, when you want something you have to think about it in the way that you already have it. Um, you, 
if you if you're just always wanting something then 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 you're never truly going to obtain it but once you start thinking about something uh as as in a way that you already have it then your brain already makes that connection that it's true and then by some weird freaking way i don't know how it works but the universe kind of conspires and, and intertwines and makes that thought a reality and it becomes true and uh, i remember when i used to still work in that in, the, in, the, in my office jobs uh, i used to walk my dog at the time um at night probably like 10 o'clock at night 11 o'clock at night um and i would specifically take him out for walks and I would walk on all like the dark streets and stuff where no one would see me because I would be talking out loud to myself and it sounds super weird. Um, but I would literally be having an out loud conversation of myself. And what I was doing is I was pretty much reenacting and acting as if I was a strength coach. I knew that someday that I was going to be in front of a group of athletes and I'd be leading a big group of athletes doing front squats, doing power cleans and whatever it is. And then, so honestly, I would like, w I would wait until, uh, like late o'clock, late at night when everyone was, um, inside all the, the, the streets were dark, no one was on the road and I'd walk my dog in the middle of the night and I would just envision like me doing that and I would act it out. And, um, I did that honestly for like six months straight and, uh, and Lo and behold, I mean, it took, it took about a year or two for, for it to, uh, to come to fruition. But now I'm literally saying the things that I was saying to myself walking on the streets um, in, my, uh, in my hometown where I grew up with my dog uh, when I was by myself in the middle of the night. Like I, I, I thought these things uh, and I felt these things and I acted as if I already had them. And I mean, it doesn't happen overnight. You need to do it and practice it for, for a while. But honestly, if, if you do that, it comes true. And that's my experience with that. That's incredible, man. There's a few things there that I want to touch on. One of them is you talked about how the universe kind of conspires to bring it to you. That, I don't know if it originated here, but this is where I first heard it is from the book, The Alchemist by Paulo Coelho. That's actually my favorite book of all time. It's pretty spiritual. Um, it's fiction, but I think it still applies to everyday life quite a bit. And that's one of my favorite quotes from it is that if you want something bad enough and you like feel it inside of you, if you feel it in your heart, if you feel it in your gut and you take action towards it, good things will come of it. And that's a belief that I think will serve me for the rest of my life. If at some point it stops, then maybe I won't believe it. Um, but I think it definitely is true. And someone who talks quite a bit about this, his name is Dr. Joe Dispenza. He has a crazy story. If you're listening to this right now, however many of you there might be, I highly, highly recommend looking into him. What he has to say is absolutely insane. And he talks quite a bit about um, feeling that, that you're going to get something, right? Not just thinking about it, not just visualizing it, but like feeling it with your entire body, with all of your cells. Yep. I'm kind of a stupid example of it. Um, but my fraternity recently won our school's president's cup. So that means based on all the stuff we have to submit to them, uh, we have to fill out end of semester reports. We get ranked on like a one to five star system, stuff like that. We were ranked the highest. So first you have to qualify for president's cup. Then three of you get to go present to a panel of judges. Um, and then like a month or so later, you find out who wins based on that presentation based out of, the pool of people who qualified for the presentation. So going into the presentation every single morning, 
I saw myself killing it. And I, more than that, like I, I already felt the feeling and I knew exactly what it was going to look like when the judge's eyes were on me. I knew exactly what it would feel like after every single line I said, and the presentation went great. And then fast forward the next month or so, at that point, I think the decision had already been made. We just hadn't gotten the award yet. They hadn't had the awards dinner for all of the Greek awards yet. Um, but for that next month, every morning when I meditated, I felt exactly what it would go like to, to go pick up the trophy. I didn't know what the room looked like yet. I didn't know how many people were going to be there. I didn't know who was going to be there. But I imagined myself and felt myself get out of a chair, go up to the front, huge freaking smile on my face, and pick up that trophy for the next month. And that might not have had a huge impact on it because the decision had already been made by then. But I knew that if I had that same mindset going into the presentation, which I did, that eventually that goal would happen. So I had that kind of like longer term goal of we're going to win this thing. And I know it for a fact, I feel it in every bone in my body. But before we go win that, I actually have to take action on something that will lead to that. And the only thing at that point that would have led to us winning was that presentation. So I had this kind of lofty goal. I felt it in my bones that we were going to win. But before that, even every single morning, I was meditating on the fact that I was going to go in there. I was going to say every single word correctly. Any question that came my way, I'd be able to answer it. Um, and that might be why we won. It might not be why we won. Other presentations might have been bad. Whatever it is, I, I felt it so strongly in my bones that I just, I kind of knew, you know, and I didn't really want to talk about it or jinx it a crazy amount but it's like it goes back to that self-belief that I know that if I want something and if I feel it in my body and I take action towards it I will get it regardless of what it is and I think that like I said I don't know if that's going to hold true for the rest of my life I don't know if this was just a weird thing and like I said it's kind of a shitty example I mean there's so many factors that go into that who knows it's true but it, it gave me a feeling that I'm going to be able to accomplish whatever I want in my life. And I, I am so grateful that I stumbled upon that book one day, The Alchemist, and, and got that mindset from it. Yeah, no, I've, I've heard a lot about Joe Dispenza too. And he talks a lot about the, uh, the power of thought, which I'm uh, super, super, super um, into. Uh, and yeah, he talks about how you have to uh, feel it first. And so the way I think about that is like your thoughts are, are your, your brain and in, in is, is coming, coming up with all these thoughts in your head. And then all these thoughts that you're, that you're having, you're, are, are essentially like little signals or little like frequencies that you're sending out into the universe. Um, and our thoughts are so scattered. Like if you, if you sat down and thought about everything that you thought about from the moment you wake up, to the moment you go to sleep, you're going to have like a million thoughts. So you're sending all these like scattered signals into the universe, I guess. But if you're able to like concentrate and, 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 um, and hone in those signals on, on one specific thought for a long duration of time, uh, then I think that it's, it, it slowly increases, um, bringing that, that reality to, to, uh, towards you. But then kind of what Joe Dispenza talks about is that if you can attach your emotions or if you can attach your feeling to that thought, that's like amplifying your, that frequency. So for example, if like, I'm just making this up completely, but let's say the thoughts in my brain right now are just like shooting out. This is like at like 3G speed or whatever, um, which is like 2000 and freaking 10 or whenever, I forget when, uh, when that was. But if I'm able to now 
attach my emotions to those thoughts that I'm having, now those thoughts are shooting out at like 5G. And now they're, now they're, now they're a lot more, they're a lot, uh, a lot more significant. And, and it's like, I, the, the stronger your thoughts are, the more you're able to pull, um, that reality towards you. Um, so yeah, I definitely, uh, agree with, um, with a lot of the stuff that Joe Dispenza, uh, talks about. I don't know if you've heard of, um, the Hashimoto experiment, the thought experiment. I have not, no. So I hope I'm saying his name right. I think it's Hashimoto, Dr. Hashimoto. Um, pretty much what he did is he did, he did this experiment and he cooked a bowl of rice and um, he separated that bowl of rice into now three bowls. Um, all came from the same batch and he labeled one bowl love and put a, put a little, little sticker on it that said love. He labeled another one hate and put a little sticker on it that said hate, and then he left the other one alone. And so for 30 days, what he did was he, uh, he kept them in the fridge, and one at a time, he would take one out, and it says it's the one that says love on it, so then he would put uh, one minute on his stopwatch, and then he would send loving thoughts to, um, to, to that bowl of rice, which sounds kind of weird, but he would I don't know. I'm assuming he'd be like, Oh, I love you. You're awesome. Like you're beautiful. You're so tasty saying all these like positive things to this bowl of rice for a minute. And this is the one that says love on it. Then he'd put it back in the fridge. He'd take out the next one, the one that says hate on it. Again, he put a stopwatch on for a minute and be like, I fucking hate you. You're disgusting. Like you suck. You're like, you're rotten. You taste like shit, all this stuff. He'd put it back in the fridge. And then the one that has nothing on it, he would take it out, put it on the, um, on the table and cover it with a, uh, a cloth. And then he just walk away. He just completely leave the room and he wouldn't do anything to it. He wouldn't say, he wouldn't think about it, nothing. Um, and he did that for 30 days. And then after 30 days, um, there's pictures of this online. So if you Google the Hashimoto experience, people do this after 30 days, the, the bowl that has, that says nothing. Um, it starts like decomposing. It's, it's been, it, it's the, there's some yellowing in the rice or whatever. It's kind of browning a little bit. Um, it's been there for 30 days, obviously. And then the, uh, the bowl that has the love written on it is fresh. It looks like not, it looks like it hasn't even rotten a day. And then the bowl that says hate is like completely mush, like brown, rotten, looks disgusting. Um, and literally that's just on the power of, of thoughts, like sending these thoughts and saying these things, um, to a bowl of rice. <laughs> and if you can, if you can, uh, I guess, speed up the, uh, the decomposition process of, uh, of, of a bowl of rice, imagine what all these negative thoughts that someone might have, uh, in their brain is doing to their body. That's absolutely fucking wild. And yeah. I think that's part of the reason I got into spirituality a little bit is I feel like there are so, so, so many examples like that that make no rational sense. Yeah, right. You can think about it all you want. You can apply as much logic as you want to it and nothing will make sense about it. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what drew me to spirituality. That's what kind of drives me in not necessarily having an explanation for everything, but relying on belief and action, right? He believed that this was going to happen. And then he went and took action on it and started talking to freaking bowls of rice. Yeah. And this stuff happens. I mean, I don't know what this is called, but 
something similar happened with water, um, where if you talk to water and you make yourself feel something and try to apply that to the water, or like, t- I don't know, whatever it is, the crystals end yes. up different. Yes. And the plants that they're watering end up growing more, growing less. And yeah. that's crazy. I used to do that. I used to do that. It, it, it makes no sense to me that you can talk to water and talk to a plant and it'll grow more. But that sense of, of love, of emotion, of, of positivity, if you can apply that to yourself and everyone else in your life, like if it can work on a bowl of rice and if it can Hell work yeah. on a plant, it'll work on people is, right. is what I imagine. I'm sure it takes longer. People are significantly more complex than a plant right. or than rice. Yeah. Um, I think that you can apply that to really anything you're doing or e- even your work, right? Say you're writing a, a boring report instead of being like, Oh, this report sucks. You'd be like, Hey, I'm gonna treat, I'm gonna treat this like a game, you know? And then, and then see how, see how it flows. Um, I just started a new internship today. So that's something I'll be trying when, if I have to do something that I don't really want to do. Um, but one but of the things uncomfortable that absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> Um, one of the things I wanted to touch on kind of related to this, um, and this came from the alchemist is the topic of your personal dream. Uh, it says that in the book that everyone has their own personal dream and it's kind of like their life's mission to accomplish it. Um, I don't know what, what mine is yet. I don't know how true it is that we only have one. It's your life mission to accomplish it. Um, but if you had one dream right now, one personal dream, uh, everything else we've kind of talked about is what you learn from other people. And, and how you can make an impact on people, right? You're going from doing sales to, to coaching people and making sure you're there for them. Um, stuff like that. We're talking about spirituality, how you can apply love to a bowl of rice or a plant, and then how, now how you can do that to other human beings. These are all positive things, all selfless. Mm-hmm. If you have one very selfish, doesn't matter how selfish, personal dream right now, what would it be? And how could I potentially help you get there? Um, so I'll... One of my dreams right off the bat, I know, is uh, I guess a two-parter. Um, I want to become one of the top strength coaches in, in, in my area. Um, like I, I, I want people to know my name like nationwide. I want people to be like, yeah, that dude's go train with him or something like that. Um, that's kind of like the uh, – that's just like the overarching. Like that's what I hope happens. But uh, one of my um, more kind of uh, – one of my more um, exact dreams that I want is I want to work for professional athletes. Like number one, one of my all time dreams is I want to be a strength coach, a strength conditioning coach for a professional athlete, a professional team. Um, I don't know what sport, but I just 100% want to reach uh, the pro level and start working with pros and that's uh 100 my dream and if you uh can help me get there <laughs> i was gonna say uh i'm not exactly sure how you could but if uh if you know something i don't then freaking tell me <laughs> um no but you know i would say just uh those are my goals and how 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 you would be able to help me reach there is uh i don't know just so i guess hopefully spread my name around <laughs> Dude, that's ambitious. I love it. That's that'd be incredible to be able to achieve one, if not both of those. I mean, everyone knowing your name as a strength coach is a pretty big deal, um, yeah. especially across the country, whatever it might be. But that's incredible, and and knowing your work ethic and knowing how you think about the world, I have no doubt that both of those things will come true. But 
Uh, it's been an honor. It's been a pleasure having you on. Very good conversation. I hope people got a lot from this. I certainly did. So I'm assuming everyone else will. But Javier, thank you for coming on Back Talk. Hell yeah, man. I appreciate it. This is a lot of fun. All right.